0: From the pages of the com blog, welcome to the Hit Show. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Hit Show. Uh, I'm hopefully you're enjoying Ray's Baseball, this roller coaster, because it is a roller coaster, right? How fun is
1: that? Um, Brett, are you enjoying the roller coaster? We're just going to dive right in. I'm enjoying the roller coaster as much as I just enjoy any roller coaster. It's, you know, you get excited going up, but then when you go down, you start to freak out. That's exactly how it's been for the Rays. And for the
0: most part, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of money, short short trips, and uh, long lines, and and whatnot like that, right?
1: <laughs> right. A lot of high blood pressure. A lot of like, if you are pregnant or have that history of heart disease, please do not ride this ride.
0: <laughs> exactly. If you a history of heart disease. I don't know. Why don't you switch teams? Right this year, the Astros are probably pretty good to watch. Those are pretty good to follow. Maybe yeah, the Dodgers. I, I like the- oh, the Dodgers! Yeah, that's it. Nice, oh, nice, that's Smooth it. ride right there. Oh,
1: just be a be a fan of the Astros and the Dodgers and just feel like joy, baseball joy, wash over you constantly.
0: That's that would be great. Uh, so yes, welcome back. This is uh, the Hit Show. We are um, in the midst. That we are almost at the end of August. It is August twenty eighth. Uh, the Rays are currently playing the uh, Kansas City Royals in a pretty huge series. Um, this is going to go since we've last recorded. Uh, the Rays are basically in the exact same spot. Um, pretty much every team. We're all everything is the same. Uh, teams have like gone on win streaks. Teams are on losing streaks. People are sort of shuffling around, but it's this—it's just a big jumble of teams all within about three games. Uh, everybody but, like, the Tigers and the White Sox are still alive. It's just nuts. Um, but the Rays are still within striking distance, as, as horribly bad as it's been. The Rays are still within striking distance. They won two out of three against the Cardinals. Could have, should have. Uh, swept them, um, unfortunately. Tommy Two-Towels. Uh, <laughs> Was Tommy multiple runs uh, given up, uh, and the Rays blew uh, a nice lead? A huge start from Blake Snell, and we'll get more about Blake Snell in just a little bit. Um, but the Rays are still in this. Uh, right now, they're they're leading uh, eight to nothing um, against the Royals, uh, who are two and a half back of Minnesota for the wild card. The Rays are three back, so that would. Sh- sort of uh, leapfrog some things. This series is very, very important for that. Um, yeah, so basically, standing-wise, nothing really has changed. Um, are your opinions on, are, are your outlook uh, on the Rays' playoff chances, uh, ha- has that changed, Brett?
1: Well, it's hard, too, right? Because that's what's so great about the AL wildcard, the, the two-person thing. Everyone's always in it. It's super fun. But at the same time, you've got, what, like, you know, it's a nine team race at this point. And right now, the Rays are towards like the bottom end of that nine team race. and they've played pretty well the past week or so. I mean they they've, you know, like you said, Darby, they're kind of in the same spot and they feel like they're you're kind of treading water, but the the danger about that is that now, you're starting to tread water as you know time starts to run out. The, to- the clock is ticking when it comes to the Rays' playoff hopes, and at this point, they have to do more than tread water. They have to actually be better, and they're going to be start. They're going to start playing some teams that are in the wild card. Uh, you mentioned the Royals are a big part of that, and the Rays always seem to uh, wilt against the Royals. Let's hope that that doesn't happen uh, <laughs> this year. But I mean, they- they've got to start playing like they've really got to start playing well. It's a three game, you know, being three games back in the division race is a whole nother animal than three games back in, you know, an eight to 19 wildcard race. The rays have to be three games better or two or one, depending on how it is. They have to be that much better than every other team that they're playing. And, <laughs> to me, they gotta win every series that they gotta win. Not they've gotta win every series they play from this point out. I feel like there's you know around thirty games left. They should probably go around twenty and ten. And if they do, they'll have a real nice shot of making the playoffs. And that sounds pessimistic, and that sounds like a tall order. But at this point in the season, it's sort of what has to be done.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I totally agree. It's it, it's getting late quickly. It's. Um... To, to keep it as a baseball analogy, it's sort of like uh, the freeze in Atlanta. You know, you get a nice big lead. The guy, uh, the fan out there, he doesn't look like he's got like a nice little beer gut going. He looks kind of like a bro, probably has gotten a few beers already uh, by this time in the game. And so you give him a little bit extra lead. And suddenly, even if you start to get on amazing, you know, great run and you are just burning down that, uh, you know, um, warning track. Maybe it's just not enough. Maybe it come up just short, and uh, that's where the Rays are sort of at. Um, they this team, like we've been talking, th- this team should be better than most of the teams in this wild card race. Um, there's a few teams that are sort of in it that you just sort of feel like ah, any day now they're gonna sort of fall apart. Um, and the Rays aren't really one of them. It's easy to be you know pessimistic about the team because the you know they had a really bad stretch where the offense just couldn't score. But this is an offense that was one of the top five in baseball for the first half. Uh, the starting pitching is good. Uh, and now the bullpen is kind of great. So this is a team built for a good run. But it is a matter of, you know, any loss uh, when you're this far back and you have to overcome so many teams. Uh, you really do need to kind of start kicking into gear right now. They, they need to start closing that gap. Um, it would be great if they could be under two games. By the time uh, September rolls around, that's that's like you know one series uh, away from switching it. But uh, they need to start picking up steam and hope for some of these teams to start you know falling back.
1: Yeah, or every loss mag- <laughs> every single loss is so magnified. And you know, being race fans, you hear you know eight or the Rays were eight or something games back in September 2011. But again, that is such a different kind of ground to make up. You don't have. It was just the Rays and the Red Sox in between. You know, you don't have these six or seven other teams who are just as hungry and want it just as bad. It's it's a challenge. And, I mean, you know, it's every loss stinks, especially when it's a walk-off loss in St. Louis when you felt like you had a chance to win. You had, you had a two-run lead going in mm-hmm. with the back end of your bullpen. It's, it's rough, but, I mean, it's just a matter of those – I mean – in the beginning of the season or around May and June, the Rays were on a series streak. They were winning every series that they had a chance to win. They would, you know, split a couple, but if it was a three game series, odds are they were going to win two out of three. And in my, I mean, I'll just, I'll say it again, in my mind, that's what they have to do. They have to do that for the rest of the season. If they're going to compete in the postseason.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, and they're going to need some help from other teams, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. So so that's where the Rays are at right now. Uh, they're, they also are in uh, Kansas City right now for this series. But back home in the trough, there will be some baseball played uh, this yeah. week. Um, obviously, right now, there's a just an a, abysmal, horrible storm that's happening in Houston and the whole uh, kind of Houston or er, Texas Gulf and... Um, you know, hopefully people keep staying safe down there. Hopefully more help gets down there. Uh, the the on-the-field stuff is so sort of secondary, but there is logistics to that. Um, and the Houston Astros and the Texas Rangers are set to play a series. And they actually are going to be moving that to uh, Tropicana Field. Um, the Rays are going to let them use uh, the Trop as the Astros' um, temporary home uh, for right now. And they will get to play... Uh, The series starting tomorrow on on Tuesday. Um, So this is hopefully, you know, if you're if anybody uh, can kind of relate and feel what it's like to have to endure um, the kind of horrors of of really bad hurricanes. It's the people of Florida. So uh, if you're in the area, um, I think it's going to be ten dollar tickets. Go watch. I mean, the Astros are a crazy fun team to watch. So go watch some really fun baseball. Root on the Astros. Uh, the Rangers are in the playoff race. Uh, the Astros are winning that division, so root for an Astros sweep uh, <laughs> over the Rangers. So it'll help the Rays, and you'll get to watch some really good baseball. The Astros are probably the most you know maybe the most fun team in the American League, and yeah. uh, you know support. Um, you know this is this is really tough. You know this you know baseball teams are. These are, you know, millionaires. They're 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 playing a, a game, but they also are sort of part of those communities. They they do such a big part of those communities, and sports does have a way to give you a little bit of a um, a chance to to not focus on on what's really going on. And uh, yeah, for the folks in Texas, especially folks that are you know waiting to hear word about you know all sorts of real real stuff. Um, this this you know baseball game does play second fiddle to that, but uh, it would be definitely nice to see that the trop completely filled, um, packed, uh, and uh, and supporting these these two teams that uh, that that you know deserve some support right now. is a it's a tough you know it's a it's a tough weird thing, but um, yeah,
1: that's well that's, said. I mean that's, it's but, it's you're one hundred percent right. I'd love to see. It's it's not every day that you get to see uh, an away team play as the home team in your home stadium. So it's one of those unique experiences that don't come around very often. Uh, so if you're in the area, um, be sure to go out there. Tickets are $10 in the lower bowl. It's honestly like one of the best deals you'll ever get in a baseball game. It's fantastic. So, and root for the Astros.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, no no offense to the Rangers, but uh, there is also baseball to be played, and the Astros are technically the home team. So, uh, I'm pretty sure the seventh inning stretch doesn't say root, root, root for uh, both teams to uh, have a great time. You just root for the home team, and technically Houston is the home team for the next few games. So uh, uh, you get to you get to watch and root for like people like Carlos Correa and Springer and and uh, yeah, um, Jose Altuve and yeah, you get to watch awesome
1: some really young players. They're so awesome awesome fun guys. to watch.
0: And if you really squint hard, you'll see Carlos Correa and you'll think, oh, that's just Willie Adamas in a year or two. <laughs> oh, man, I'm getting so excited just thinking about that. Uh, so so moving on, um, speaking of uh, awesome young players who are not quite here yet, yes. um, let's, let's talk about the we should have a recurring segment and a little klaxon um, about the... Uh, the the Brent Honeywell Watch 2017. When will Brent Honeywell uh, make his debut? So, um, we've sort of talked a lot about Brent Honeywell. He's Is he ready? Is he not? Should he get the call up? When will he get the call up? Um, those are all, you know, whatever. Coming up soon, though, there is a deadline. Uh, a sort of a soft deadline of uh, midnight on August 31st for... Uh, being on the 40 man, everybody that's on the 40 man can be eligible to be added to a playoff roster. Now, there are some other ways to get people uh, onto a playoff roster. Matt Moore, um, when he made his debut, did that. I believe he came up in mid-September after Durham season had ended. And it was because of uh, uh, if you add somebody to DL and there's some different things and it's super confusing. And I don't know enough about the baseball uh, like logistics to know exactly what that is. But I'm sure the Rays do. Um, so I guess the question is, will the Rays call up Brent Honeywell this season? First question. Second question, will they call him up? Uh, will they add him before that midnight deadline to the 40-man? Maybe not call him up right away, but add him before that 40-man to signal that this guy's going to be added uh, with a playoff push in mind. Uh, and, and actually in the playoffs in mind.
1: Boy, I, I want I, – I it's almost at this point I can't even speak objectively on this because <laughs> if I were the Rays and I'm going kind of by, like, my status quo like I've been doing for the past – you know for, for a long time now, for years, I'd be like, well, I want to, like, wait as long as I can to start the service clock for Brent Honeywell because he's going to be a, a very important part of this major league team for the future. He's exciting. He's a young, dynamic player, and we want him to be a, a clubhouse leader and, and – we want him to do well so maybe we wait maybe we wait but oh my god as a fan on this podcast all i want to do is to see brent honeywell 12 you know 11:59 at the very latest if you have to wait that long like starting <laughs> the next day i want hmm. to see him start the day after he gets on the 40 man i want to see him pitch in the major league so bad it makes my heart hurt i want it so bad and so i i i You've got to think that the Rays will put him on the forty-man in some capacity to put hit, to to allow him to be eligible for the postseason roster. And you know, if they don't, I mean, I mean, of course, the Rays have a history of of bringing in their like young pitching studs with Price and Moore, like you mentioned. And Honeywell could be a huge difference maker in in a possible postseason run. And, and you've got to hope that like they actually pull the trigger and do that or else it almost feels a bit like a white flag, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think that would be a, a signal um, that they're not all the way serious, but at the same time, I will say uh, I'll have to put my, like, you know, analytics hat on mm-hmm. is that the, the Rays do actually have a pretty packed bullpen and come Friday um, when the, the rosters expand, the Rays could add, Guys like Jose Alvarado, who we've seen uh, and pitched really well. Um, Chase Whitley, who pitched really well early in the season. Uh, Ryan Stanek, who, who's added a splitter and is looking really good. Um, Jamie Schultz, who we were supposed to see early in the season before he he got injured and he's been pitching really well. Um, there, there are some guys that can be added. And that pen is pretty full. So technically, you could say... Uh, that like there is a baseball reasons that you can be like oh we'll keep the forty man clock and and we have a lot of bullpen guys so it's not f- we're not fully you know giving up on the season you know Matt Andriese just came back today um, so he sort of fits into Austin Pruitt's role he can make his way back to the starting rotation but that aside it's if we don't see Honeywell this season uh, I, it's a signal to me that the Rays are are interested in playing the season out but they're not like they're not going for it. They're not, like, fully going for it. And maybe that's not fair, but damn it, that's what I feel. Like, if we're not seeing, you know, like, yeah, okay, uh, Jamie Schultz is a really exciting young pitcher. I can't wait to see him uh, relieve for us. Jose Alvarado and Ryan Stanek are great, but they're not Brent Honeywell. Like, right. they're not. They're not a guy who's got, you know, four-plus pitches. He's, they're not a guy with a with a screwball that you can just throw up. You know, like, imagine, you know— a, a tough series against Mike Trout and he's up there with runners on and you bring in Honeywell and you know, maybe the one thing that Trout can't do if there is one thing, <laughs> you know, to just keep him from being so overpowered uh, is the screwball. Maybe he just looks like, I don't know, Michael Martinez swinging against the screwball. <laughs> and he's we'll just
1: never we'll, we'll never know until we actually see it. We'll never know yeah. until we find out. So yeah, I hope they get Adam. I don't think this Friday is
0: necessarily the. Uh, if he doesn't get added this Friday, Adam, it's not like you can. I think people can be justifiably angry. I don't think that's necessarily the end. You know, I don't think that's like give up hope for the season because again, Matt Moore debuted a few weeks later, um, and mm-hmm. and you can do some shenanigans to get him on there. Um, but I will say this, like, if we don't see Honeywell in September and the Rays are even, you know, like somewhat in this, uh, right. then I, I, think that's just a failure. I think that's a failure. I think, I think I want to see, you know, if the plan was always, you know, David Price, Matt Moore, this is how we, we bring up our, our young, like Uber stud, uh, pitching prospects, then I'm okay with it. Um, if they don't bring them up at all because they want to save some money,
1: I get it, but I, I, I really hate yeah. it. That would be rough. And you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a challenge. I, I understand. And, and I'm trying to put myself too in the position of like, I'm lo- I'm looking way back into my crystal ball and imagining Brett, even just a month ago right now, when we're talking about, boy, I wonder when the Rays are going to call up Brett Honeywell and Willie Adamas. When's the Willie Adamas era going to begin? Oh, it's gotta be sometime soon. We have, Nothing right now happening in ah in the middle infield, and we really need a boost. And you know, that never materialized, and and that kind of just fell by the wayside. And I mean, I, I'd be stunned, I'd be, I mean, I'd be shocked if if Willie really Adams was was called up in September. I mean, I don't even know how that would work. How they would they would have super shenanigans? They'd have to like contact Rob Manfred and file a petition or something. Um, the and fans we just, just need it. The fans need we, it. We need <laughs> a shot in the arm. Um, no, but I, I feel, and at that point, I mean, we, we've just it, completely not forgotten about Willie Adams. How could you ever forget about him? But we've totally neglected the possibility that that could ever happen this season because it probably won't. And I, and for that to happen to Brent Honeywell, especially you know in, in the September days when this, you know this team you know. Say what you will. The starting pitching has been pretty good. Uh, one of the things, too, although it hasn't been as, you know, I would say it's been a little bit exaggerated by some of the local media, but some of the starting pitchers haven't quite made it to a ton of innings, as, as many as they had in, you know, the amazing years of twenty you know 2012 and 2011, and bullpens get tired. It's, mm-hmm. You could have a starter go six or seven innings every, every single game, and bullpens still get tired by September, so I just think the extra shot in the arm of a September call-up, it's so valuable and it's so helpful. And why not do it with an amazing superstar, possible superstar, hopeful superstar, uh, like Brent Honeywell?
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I think we saw what happened with, with Moore and Price in a way, what, what they gave. Um, and right now this season, you know, it's the Phillies aren't doing anything, but Reese Hoskins, um, I'm not saying you can expect that, but like, what if you have an impact rookie like that? What if you have a guy that, you know, and we are talking, we're not talking about like the best raise prospect, but he's like the 70th prospect in baseball. We're talking like top 10, top 15, top 20 guys. We're talking yeah. like the, the elite, uh, elite of all of baseball. So yeah, I think it's very reasonable to say like, we want to see these guys up here. Um, so about that starting rotation. So, uh, Brent Honeywell, before he was Brent Honeywell, um, was Blake Snell. That doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> uh, Blake Snell was the top prospect guy who we're all looking forward to, who is starting the season um, this year with us. And, it, you know, his first first bit in the season has been shaky, uh, to say the least. Um, a lot of people have really hammered home a lot of comments on DeRay's Bay and the heater on Tampa Bay Times. They they hammer home the fact that, like, uh, Blake Snell can't go—he doesn't pitch into the sixth. He only is going five. He's terrible. Um, right. And then when he got sent down, it was sort of like, yay, he's down. And then he came back up, and then he got sent down again. And everyone's like, oh, he's, this is it. This is the end. Um, but that actually turned out to be just, like, he had an option. And so they just needed to, like, move some— Furniture around, basically.
1: Yeah, rumors and, and, that Blake Snell's death were greatly exaggerated.
0: Yeah, that was actually kind of... I, I feel like we even mentioned that, like, basically. If this was just a send-down to... Uh, I know we mentioned it on the site. Like, if this was just, like, oh, he probably just was the guy that had the option. And uh, you gotta move, you know, certain pieces around. That That's fine. And I think Blake probably understood that. Because now he's come back. Now that he's actually back for, like, an extended period of time. Uh, and he is looking a lot like the Blake Snell... That we had all hoped for. He's yeah. not, it's not perfect. He's not like, you know, he's not David Price, but he's looking a lot like uh, early David Price.
1: Yep. And he's so- looking a ton. It's, it's, oh, it's so, I'm getting like hype just thinking about it. It's so exciting. He's been able to cut down on the walks. You know, which was a huge thing. That was one of the big things that people were dragging him over. The fact that he's, you know, throwing a lot of pitches and at bats and he's not really, you know, getting into the extra innings that we need to see him at or whoever is putting on their commenter hat and kind of saying that. (laughs) And to see him cut down on those while keeping like his like elite strikeout level. Oh, Mm -hmm. it's just oh it's just music to my ears. I love it. And, And we had I think we had even mentioned
0: this. I know I've mentioned this, that. And tried to sort of pound the table to defend. Uh, I don't know why I love defending players like Steven Souza and Tim Beckham over the years that like that they have to just like take a beating for. But I'm like, I'll defend them anyway. They're actually good. You're wrong. I know it looks like they're terrible, but they're not. They're actually good. Uh, <laughs> I promise. And yeah, I promise you, they're good. Um, but like Snell was not that much. That was not that far away this season. <laughs> even even this early year where he was really frustrating to watch. He wasn't that far away. Most starts showed those flashes. Um, they weren't there. He, he definitely needed to work on some stuff. And he he would always have a bad inning. He would have, a, like, a one huge, terrible inning where he would, like, miss a call. And then he would walk two guys. And then give up three hits. And then give up a home run. And then, like, suddenly it's like, ah, five runs. And then he yeah, would like go, the, like, four the, or five the innings.
1: Early, the earlier Chris Archer special. Mm-hmm, Chris Archer was mm-hmm. – he had a very similar sort of, like, you uh, know – any makeup in that way in Chris Archer's sort of earlier years, yeah. And and that's
0: the thing, is like, you know, he was like, oh, th- there was some showing of those those talented moments, um, but it was not enough, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think the call down actually might have worked, because he, he definitely seemingly came back up with, like, more of a focus, and then maybe it helped to show to him, like, go down to Durham, and then just strike out everybody. Just be, like, a dominant force that's like, Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm an awesome supernova. Like, I am great. Uh, I just need to actually throw strikes because nobody can hit this. I kind of forgot about that, and I got scared, and I now need to uh, throw strikes. And, and he's been really electric. Now, it's not perfect still, but again, you kind of have to, to walk before you can run. And so in the last eight starts, since his like official re like call up, call up, um, he's gone 46 uh, and two thirds innings. Uh, He's only given he's given up 15 walks, which is still not perfect, but it's it's way better. Like he has had um, three starts with one walk and uh, three other starts with two walks that you can live with. You can absolutely live with that for sure. Um, That can work. And he still has forty-two strikeouts, so he's basically getting about a strikeout in an inning. Um, and he's also pitched for everybody that was really complaining about those innings pitched. <laughs> he's pitched uh, only a few games below pitching into the sixth. He's pitched into the sixth in all but two of his games. He's pitched into the seventh uh, in three of those eight games. Uh, yes. He is, and his last um, two starts have looked just tremendous tremendous like this is the guy um yeah. two two weeks ago or two i mean two starts ago against seattle he went seven innings gave up two hits two walks eight strikeouts uh dominant dominant performance uh against st louis he was he was awesome seven innings four hits just two runs three walks but seven strikeouts just like that's the guy. Like this is the yeah. the guy that this is the guy that dominated the minors. That was one of the best left-handed pitching prospects in all of baseball. And we're seeing those flashes again. We saw him last year uh, when he got the call up. We're seeing it now this year. Uh, have you, you know what? What are you seeing from Blake Snell? Like you said, you were jazzed. Like what? What's what's what about this guy that people are just sort of we're missing? You know like, what were people missing? <laughs>
1: So the prototypical, in my mind, the prototypical early 2017 Blake Snell start was the start against the—I I, want to say the Oakland A's—and I think it was the game where the Rays managed to come back with no runners, uh, runners, bases empty, with two outs in the ninth, and they ended up winning that game. But Blake yep. Snell, if I remember correctly, Blake—I Blake, don't—I should probably get this in front of me, but I, I guess I won't. Uh, Blake, <laughs> Snell started, <laughs> Blake Snell started. Blake Snell started for sure one of those games. And I remember watching that game because it was it was the first one I'd watched and uh, the first actually Snell start I'd watched in a couple of times because I was having trouble watching Snell starts because I was getting frustrated just watching him pitch. But the reason that you would get frustrated watching Snell pitch is like you said he would sort of pitch around the zone. He has this incredible stuff. He has an electric fastball and a good you know breaking pitches, and it's frustrating. And I remember in the third or maybe the fourth inning, Snell pitched like it, it was. It was amazing. He threw like 11 pitches, pretty much all of them went for strikes. Everything was moving. Oakland ace hitters were getting absolutely nothing on it. It was one of the most, it was probably the most dominant Blake Snell inning that I've, I have seen this season. There was swings and misses everywhere. No one was touching anything. And then the very next inning, it's like he forgot everything about that inning that made (laughs) it so great. And he just started pitching around everyone and pitching away from people. And it was that classic, you know, fall apart, meltdown. Oh, no, no, where did my command go kind of inning. And that just sums up Blake Snell's entire early 2017, right? Amazing stuff. Keeps the strike. Always had the high strikeout rate. That was what, what was so crazy about him, too, is that he always, you know, he would go five innings or something, but he'd get like seven or eight strikeouts. It would be an impressive performance, But then you'd have, you know, four or five walks or maybe nothing that high. But, you know, it would just be this, you know, four or five run performance that you just would be stunned by. Mm -hmm. And I think what makes the difference is simply what – I mean, again, you said it earlier, Darby. It's just a matter – for Snell, it's a matter of trusting your stuff and attacking the zone. And when I say that, I I know I sound like Arrestes DeStrada – (laughs)
0: <laughs> or just someone
1: who is just kind of making broad blanket statements about a pitcher, but I really do think in Blake's case it's true. I mean, you've got to think. I mean, he's a young guy. He's facing major league hitters. He looks like he's like a, you know, he looks like he's a he's a stock worker at Target. He's just like a, he's like a, I love him, but he's like he looks like he looks, he looks he's twenty two or something, and he looks like he's seventeen. I'm you know the dude is is confident. But, man, the fact that he's been able to trust his pitches is so exciting, and it's what's going to make him a stud. It's what's going to make him, like, a number two ceiling, like, number one starter for the Rays. And I'm excited to see it, and I think that that's, you know, that sort of trusting your pitches and attacking the zone is really where that kind of comes from.
0: I yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Um, this is the big boost. Uh, this was, I mean, I think Blake's now coming back up being this. This was sort of, I don't think you could ask – Brent Honeywell to do this. And I think that's sort of what people were looking for is to see a guy come up and give the race a boost. And it was Blake Snell. He he was there all along, but he had to come back up. And and this new, new old Snell is, uh, yeah, it's a breath of fresh air. So definitely, definitely exciting to watch.
1: If Brent Honeywell were making these starts instead of Blake Snell, we'd all be like, thank goodness the race front office called up Brent Honeywell. We needed this.
0: Yeah, no. This he would be a guy. Yeah, this is these are great start. He's been uh, arguably the Rays' best pitcher uh, in the in this month, and uh, and 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 I, Chris Archer hasn't been bad. So I feel like this is a, a, a yeah. great great sign for the Rays. Um, so Snell is here. Honeywell's not. Hopefully soon. Uh, <laughs> same old story there. Okay. The the last sort of thing I want to talk about, I want to have plenty of time to sort of banter and rant about this um, because it came up today in uh, in sort of the the heater um, before I move off of Brent Honeywell. Um, there's one other thing to talk about, Brent Honeywell, and it, I just want to press preface everything we say here as we, we don't know anything about anything. Um, I'll just leave it as a nice general statement, but uh, we definitely don't know much about uh, what what's happening in the inner workings at Durham. But we found out today that Brent Honeywell was suspended by the team for four games, but he will not miss a start. Uh, it's basically, uh, I think um, John Ford sort of said, it's sort of like your boss say you're suspended at on Friday at 5 p.m. and we'll see you on Monday. Uh, he's suspended four <laughs> games, um, makes his next start for uh, disciplinary reasons. And uh, the the report is like three paragraphs so it's, or three sentences, so it's not very long. But it says that the Tampa Bay Times had has learned it was from an internal incident involving being "quote unquote" disrespectful. Oh wow! So I, hadn't
1: heard, I actually hadn't heard the second half of that. That's uh, that's a, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, a Mark Topkin bomb right there. Topkin, that's disrespectful. Uh, so, Brett. Um,
1: what did he do? <laughs> what did he do? Oh, let's see if we can come up with some things that he did. Um, maybe he uh, ran down and chased the Durham Bulls mascot, Woolly Bull, and knocked off his head. That might have been something. Um. Maybe he got uh, – so the the Durham Bulls just clinched the division uh, the other day. And um, if you follow Willie Adamas on Instagram, which why wouldn't you? Um, you probably saw plenty of like clubhouse celebration. Uh, my personal theory is that he got caught uh, peeing off the blue monster at Durham Stadium. Mm. That's my fan theory. I, I have no evidence, and this is at this point just sources say. But uh, – that is, is sort of my, like, uh, my, my gut tells me that it's uh, something to do with, you know, the, <laughs> just, just, just public urination is just a, just a good go-to thing. <laughs> it's, always a, it's, the, it's
0: one of the most fun uh, crimes that you can commit. If you um,
1: have to commit a crime, that's, yeah. stick with that one. Guys, I also, like have,
0: a, I also have
1: uh, a source
0: that told me that uh, not only did he do what you said with uh, Wooly Bull, but took out Wooly Bull's go-kart. And really Ooh. tore up uh, the field, so the so the the grounds crew had to spend an extra hour and a half uh, repairing the big big skid marks that he left in the in the infield.
1: Oh no! Oh, he went drifting on the turf. I <laughs> yeah, a... love that
0: drifting. <laughs> Too much Fast and Furious movies.
1: Oh um, boy!
0: Tossing all of the uh, the bats into the shower type of thing, accusing <laughs> other players of lollygaggers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, classic Durham stuff. Um, yeah, we don't know what Brent Honeywell did. I do kind of lean towards the, you know, young people celebrating and partying and then having to go to work the next day. Mm-hmm. Speaking as somebody that who, who was once young uh, not too long ago um, and having to go to work the next day after celebrating uh, things, you know, sometimes it can be pretty
1: tough and you don't give your
0: best effort the next day. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: Yeah, and speaking as someone who uh, is in medical school, just had his first test and lives in New Orleans, I can also sort of, like, it, you know, I can, I, I understand that kind of mentality.
0: That should be the curve that everybody's graded on, like, the New Orleans curve. Like, right. hey, that's not bad. That is not bad <laughs> enough. Like, you, you, you somehow got into, you came in here. That's, you know, you get a boost of points right there. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, we don't know what's, what's really happening. It's four games, so it seems basically uh, like nothing, like a slap on the wrist. So it's not nothing really serious. Um, but uh, always interesting, you know. Uh, any news about Brent Honeywell, it's like rain in the desert. You're just like, <laughs> oh, my God. What
1: is this here? Oh, is he gonna get called up now? If he's on suspension? Oh my god! Yeah, like
0: maybe maybe the rays are like that's the kind of fight we need to see. <laughs> suspension <laughs> fight. That
1: was yeah, that's the extra two percent is getting suspended <laughs> for like passionately drinking. Yes. Yeah, you never know. You
0: never know oh, what, the, uh, what the what the what the rays are looking for. Honeywell's probably like, listen, I you know been trying all the things. I'm just gonna keep. I'm gonna do stuff. I'm gonna do different yeah. stuff and get that call up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so Brent Honeywell partied a little too much, maybe uh drove around the field maybe um urinated off of the, the the wall um maybe who knows all sorts of libel and slander that i hope brent honeywell does not sue the pod for we we love you so much so if you want to come on the show and I was tell just gonna say
1: exactly. we gotta invite him on that's the podcast move, right you gotta you gotta embrace the controversy and come on the podcast
0: you gotta, you gotta clear your name from us um uh slanderous slanderous jerks uh, okay, so um, Honeywell was was uh, you know he's he's off, he's off for four days um, for disciplinary reasons, but uh, maybe he was really bummed out about missing being in the show this past weekend because this year for the very first time the Rays hosted or not the Rays all the baseball but the Rays were involved but all the baseball had. Uh, what they called a Player's Weekend. Uh, and, Brett, could you just describe
1: what, what is a Player's Weekend? So the Player's Weekend is a wonderful time that I hope will become an annual tradition in baseball. Um, every single player was given the option of putting, among other things, but the biggest thing was they were given the option of putting a nickname on the back of their jersey. Now, the nickname had to be approved by Major League Baseball, so you can't get, like choice four-letter words or whatever that, you know, <laughs> can't have. But a lot of players all around baseball and a lot of Rays, too, thank goodness, had some incredible, wonderful choice nicknames. The best one that I can think of, the, the, my favorite one on the Rays, for sure, was, uh, we sort of mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but Tommy Hunter put on the back of his jersey, he put Tommy Two Towels. A reference, ah, to yes. A, a reference to his, you know, by his own admission, like, you know, the the clubhouse towels are, you know, not long enough, and I needed longer towels, so I wore two towels, um, <laughs> around his, you know, midsection, <laughs> uh, which is really amazing. <laughs> it's uh,
0: the best. It's just the yeah.
1: best. Oh. I love it. I I love guys who can like just lean into
0: that whole thing. It's so great. It's it's yeah. It just definitely ma- it makes it more endearing because it's just like yep, I'm a big guy. We have, <laughs> we have Jumbo Diaz, and now now that Jumbo's gone, you got Tommy Hunter. Is like now I feel like maybe he's a little self conscious, but he's like you know what, Tommy Two Tails, that's me. Tommy Two Tails. <laughs> um, Beautiful. that yeah, that was that was great. Uh, you got guys like you know like classic nicknames that people have had for a while, like Wilson Ramos and Buffalo. Got to do that. Logan Morrison, Lomo. Um, One of my favorites actually was not even on the Rays. Uh, I have a Rays favorite, but I also have my favorite around baseball was uh, Kyle Seeger of the Seattle Mariners. He went with Corey's brother, uh, the, his younger <laughs> brother, great Corey great Seeger. Um, oh, just fantastic. That's fantastic. And like, the, that's the type of thing. Uh, and, and then for the Rays, we actually called up Che Che Wee Hoo. And we've had a lot of fun with that guy's name, just doing you know our own Abin Costello, uh, who's on first type of thing. And the the Rays decided to go with not him. He actually just sort of found out about it. Um, But the Rays decided to go with uh, uh, W H O uh, question mark for his his nickname on the back (laughs) of the shirt, which is I think my favorite for like all uh, any rookie that's coming up. Especially, I think that's just a great like you know, cut to the chase, kind of own it type of thing. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I love I love the Players Weekend. I thought it was fun. I think it's just, I think it's nice to see uh, personality in the game. I think baseball has sort of been looking for that. They They need marketable stars. They need to, you know, somehow football has the marketable stars, and I think fantasy football plays a big role in that, and you have, you know, very lucrative things baseball could absolutely do that, but they need to, they, they have a lot of good personalities. They just need to showcase them. Um, you know, you know, we know basketball players, we know football players. Uh, a lot of baseball players are sort of, you know, regionally famous. Um, right. but it's nice to see like, you know, guys that you might be like, man, this guy's like actually pretty funny and interesting. I'm going to like maybe follow his career. I'm, I'm more intrigued by him. And, and, yeah, I, I don't know how you can really have a problem with it. I can see it if you're not, like, on board. Like, you're not like, eh, whatever. It's a little, it's a little goofy. It's not for me. Um, I don't see how you can have a, like, actual problem with it. And then, of course, of course, the Tampa Bay uh, sports media um, takes, like, just the most subtle shot. Tom Jones, um, not the talented one. Um, <laughs> see? Take that. Take that. This is... <laughs> As a Tom Jones superfan right here (laughs) and a member of three different (laughs) message boards that support the British crooner, I am... He just... Tom Jones, the journalist, uh, needs to just change it to Thomas because you know what? There's only one man that can hold the moniker of Tom Jones and you, sir, are not it. (laughs) And it is not unusual Uh, for me to get this angry about Tom Jones stuff. Um, But uh, Tom Jones... With a very little tidbit in his uh, in his article uh, yesterday, um, his sort of little ranty piece, uh, he just has a, you know three things that popped into his head. At the very end, he s- sort of talks about how basically uh, yeah, these goofy nicknames and they're not even real nicknames. And he was tired of the players' weekend by six pitches into it. And, and oh. anyway, isn't isn't every weekend in baseball about the players? Oh, and boo. Weekend? Oh, it's such a it's such a it's like if you that's can crack like, a bad take in a science experiment, it's like there it is. Uh,
1: there it that's is. That's like that's like when you're 8 years old and you ask your parents, "Why isn't there a kids weekend?" And it's like, "Well, every day is kids weekend, son." Every why there's a Mother's Day, there's a Father's Day, and there's no kids day or whatever. Oh, that's so awful. I think it's a, I got I got to say like just going back to what you said about MLB having marketable stars, it blows my mind. That the best player in baseball is like this, you know, super young wonder kid who plays for the second largest, you know, sports market in America. He's like super chill and he does everything great. He makes amazing plays. He hit tons of home runs. And his last name is the easiest name in the world to remember. Mike Trout is the (laughs) easiest name To market, it's got to be easy. And yet, I talk to so many people who aren't like who are kind of casual baseball fans, or like even just kind of general sports fans, and they've like they don't know anything about Mike Trout. I mean, you were—I feel like if you're major league baseball, you were handed you were handed Mike Trout on a golden platter. This guy is incredible. He does everything amazing, and he's got an easy to remember name. I mean, I—I you know, I'm a. I don't really watch that much basketball, but I could probably name like 20, 30 basketball players right off the top of my head because the NBA is so successful at marketing. Mm-hmm. MLB really needs to be able to sort of, I mean, whether you, I mean, there's we're we're skating on whole other issues about like the audience of MLB and like what TV ratings sort of mean, but the, the Major League Baseball has to be able to market its stars in a more cohesive and like impactful way. And I think the Players Weekend is like, a little baby step moving towards that, you know, you sort of test in the waters. You sort of feel out who's got personality, who's got a funny Mm -hmm. nickname. Who's got kind of stuff that maybe we can look at. I mean, no one's going to call Tommy Hunter the face of baseball, but (laughs) you get enough people talking about like funny, like Corey's brother or whatever. You're like, Oh, this guy's kind of funny. And then you do more digging. And then, I mean, these personalities just kind of start to emerge and, and, Baseball is. I love baseball, but it often can be a game that suppresses personality, um, which is which is a shame because there are so many ways to be successful in a baseball stadium. I mean, you look at guys like Bartolo Colon and you look at guys like Bryce Harper, both very different, you know, athlete body types, but both incredibly (laughs) successful in their own way. You've got you know, fast people, you've got slow people, you've got power hitters, you've got people who can't move. And baseball is, is, in many ways is a very kind of democratic sport in that way, because there's a lot of participation on all ends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And just to, I don't know, to be able to get that sort of personality to, 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 to let that shine, it kind of it pushes against, you know, whatever you want to call it, like stodgy old guyism. I'm like, Oh, we should just show up and then leave. And it's a, you know, a second yeah. job in that way. I think it's fun. I think you got it. You got to If you want to compete in today's market, you got to be able to do that. And frankly, I think you should because the players, you know, they're out, you know, they're out there having fun. So I want to have fun watching them.
0: Yeah, it's it's the argument. It's like, you know, these guys get paid. Right. That's like that should be your reward enough. Ah, you know, it's like Blame. people get upset. It's the same type of argument that gets people upset when people pimp a home run or fist pump a strikeout or show any kind of human emotions. Uh, that human beings tend to do in moments of great adulation and happiness. Uh like it, it's like they just they're like this these cold robots should just you know I hit the ball and then I run to first. Thank you Save for this the opportunity. For
1: the world series. Save that yeah. for when you win the world series like no you can be happy that you did something good. It's
0: it's like I get you know you get excited. Listen, I, I'm not a huge fan of Jose Batista. All right. I think he's I I think he's a guy that gets, like, um, he he absolutely seems to just be, like, this prickly guy who gets upset about everything. Uh, And his, like, home run, like, giant bat toss against Texas, you could absolutely call that disrespectful. I can also see it as an amazing moment— that you know like you might be like oh my god that was amazing i'm cheering or like i hate him so much it's like a like wrestling it's like he's playing a great heel or something like that like okay. he's a guy you know like it doesn't like Bryce Harper's another guy like i really like Bryce Harper i think he's one of the you know most exciting players to watch so many people hate him and they want to watch him fail but that's actually fine like market that he can be like that's- a weird villain how many Mormon villains can you possibly have? That's a weird thing to have Like the guy doesn't like the guy is a faithful husband who doesn't like drink um, and isn't like uh, like you know it, it, like being a horrible monster off the field he just kind of acts arrogant uh, has just the best hair on the planet and, uh, yeah. and and you know he has a very smug looking face. It happens when you're 17 years old and could play in the major leagues from day one that happens. Uh, Mike Trout is your opposite. Like, maybe you want to root harder for Mike Trout because he's basically modern-day Babe Ruth. He's a guy that when we are old men, we are going to tell people about, like, I got to see Mike Trout. Like, if you, like, listen to your grandparents and were like, I got to see Joe DiMaggio play. uh, And uh, I came in for a nickel and he he hit a dinger at the center. Like, that'll be us, but with, like, emojis about, like, you know,
1: like, yeah. here. Or, like, let VR, let me, like, VR, like, Neuralink or something. Yeah. Let me show you exactly. Let me just plug this Neuralink <laughs> into your cranium, and
0: we shall live the game <laughs> where Mike Trout did amazing Mike Trout things. Uh, yeah, no, he, he's, like, a guy that you should be like, this is quite possibly one of the five best baseball players of all time when it's all said and done. Like easily, he's like Willie yeah. Mays yeah, in right. modern time, and we will always remember this guy. But like in the time, he should be as popular as Willie Mays was back then. And right. and you think about like a ba- like a Babe Ruth, and you think about all of the cross promotion. Like that guy couldn't go anywhere without being seen. Right. And I think players' weekends. It's like a small thing, right? It's just it's really weird, gaudy uniforms and and goofy nicknames and. And all sorts of weird stuff, but it's fun. These are these are supposed to be fun. This isn't supposed to be work. Which I remind myself when the Rays are losing. This it is not so be hard. Work.
1: It is so hard to remember that it really is sometimes.
0: <laughs> it really is. It's like why am I doing this? Why am I pushing this boulder up this hill? Uh, but it's supposed to be fun. And these guys on the field, I don't want them to necessarily hate every team they're going against. I like the idea of camaraderie. I like the idea of just having a great time and experiencing you know, this game and showing off personality, personality in sports is a really good thing. You don't have to be, you know, full of personality. If you don't like personality in sports, there's robots out there that are just like, just go about Mike Trout's kind of one of them.
1: He, he really shows a lot of emotion. Yeah. Mike Trout is the closest thing we get into like a baseball robot. That's Mike Trout might actually be a Terminator sent back in time (laughs) to just like destroy the game of baseball by, like, being so amazing at it that no one else even – everyone else is just, like, you know, Pepsi, you know, Coke uh, – new Coke. I couldn't remember. I can't even think of thing I was trying to say. Everything else is the bad – the knockoff brand. Everyone else is RC Cola when he's Pepsi or whatever you want to say. Exactly. Like, that might be it. And, and, and frankly, I mean, Mike Trout is – he doesn't have as much, I would argue, he doesn't have as much personality as Bryce Harper. He doesn't have as much, like – uh, I was about to say following is Bartolo Cologne, but that's not that's not fair. He definitely has a very strong uh, <laughs>
0: no, I feel like Bartolo Cologne, like the following, I, I almost feel like, I, I mean, I am still rooting for Bartolo Cologne, but I also feel like some of it's just, it's almost mean. I feel like there's so much cheering for him, and I'm like, I don't know, this is just mean. Like, I feel like, are we just making
1: fun of this guy? Like, I'm not making fun of him, but like. I don't know. Maybe the whole everybody else is. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> I, but like, I will sort of say is to, to round this out. I did introduce, like I had a roommate from Ireland who I had never mm-hmm. shown baseball before. And to introduce him to the game of baseball, I showed him the at-bat where Bartolo Colon hit a home run off James Shields. <laughs> like that was <laughs> actually how I introduced him to the game. It's like, that was amazing. I'm like, well, it, there's a lot more other stuff there and maybe it gets worse than there if that's the best thing you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> the bet. that's the pinnacle.
0: But that should be that should be an ad. Like exa- like yeah. that moment, those are the type of moments those should be that should be an ad. You know, like the amazing thing. Like this guy does not look like an athlete. He doesn't even look like uh, you know somebody that can really go to. like I feel like it's just it, you know he's not a guy you'd imagine to do anything athletic and then he just hit a home run which you know really fit guys can't do. Uh, right. so it's like I don't know it's just there's so there's like this lack of like that personality and I, you know they should lean into it you know let let's see these this this fun thing and there's a lot of it there that really hardcore baseball fans see and 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 I think baseball is it's slowly opening up it's it's hard to steer this ship you know it's it's a big galley but you gotta move the ship towards like hey we just people want to have fun uh people yeah. want to have a villain you want to have like your Lebron James you want to like Maybe that's Aaron Judge, you know, maybe Aaron Judge is like the type of guy where he can be like, man, I love watching that guy hit. Or it's like, damn the Yankees, screw them. Like that's 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 fine. Have an emotion about something, you know, maybe root for Jose Altuve, who, again, is like, you know, three feet shorter than Aaron Judge. And you hope that Jose Altuve, who's every good every bit as good a player or actually quite a bit better because he's been doing it for a lot longer than Aaron Judge. But he's like tiny and and you know that's the thing that's what's the great about the game and no tom jones you're wrong uh not every weekend is players weekend a lot of the time they get chastised by people like you because they show any emotion because they're having fun uh and people criticize them so yeah uh more players weekends more personality Played more month. of that Player season <laughs> player season whole year just for fun weird title on the line no no world series like a weird bragging like champ type of thing and you can nickname everybody else uh some weird gimmicks um yeah so i love ending on rants that's like my favorite i know it's
1: the best it's like you just (laughs) let them peter out they just end it's it's fantastic what a what a wonderful way to end it i love it it was Uh, a positive rant though i i'm on the same page with you i'm I'm all about more positive (laughs) rants in in a long
0: (laughs) it's a long season and more it positive rants are exactly what we need. Um, I hope you guys like the positive brands, too. Uh, leave a comment uh, in the article um, that we'll post about this uh, when we post it up. Uh, do you like those positive brands? Uh, let us know. Um, if you do like the show, please uh, subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It definitely helps other people find the show, uh, and that is useful because – This gold needs to be heard by many ears. It's you know, just letting this die is not a good idea. Let let everybody hear the words of wisdom that Brett and me and Danny and Dustin are just spilling out to the world. Uh, It's it's clearly it clearly needs more ears.
1: Um, Our takes on Bartolo Colon are vital for like (laughs) national security defense. So if you send this to your three closest friends, you're basically a good American. Yes, exactly. Make this a chain letter. Um, Put a lot of forwards.
0: Put a lot of, yeah, make this positive chain letters. That's what we need. And make the hit show part of that. Um, Definitely give us, uh, always check out D-Rays Bay. We have tons and tons of great stuff over there. Um, Good analytics, goofy, uh, fun articles and uh, musings. Recaps that range all over the place. Uh, If you haven't checked out um, Ian Malinowski's recap from a a few um, days ago, uh, I don't know what it is. It was his last recap, so check it out. Um, It was really great. It was like an emotional recap and it was interesting and introspective and really well written. And there's, you know, it doesn't matter if you even care to remember the game. I don't even remember what the game was about that day, whether it was a win or a loss. Go check out stuff like that. These game recaps, you know. They're a long season and we get to show off our amazing like this site has so many great creative writers that I'm jealous of every day. And so check them out because you never know what you're going to get with them. Uh, Funny or poignant or deep analytical drives or just weird and goofy. Um, Yeah, uh, they're all they're all worth watching. So uh, take a read on those and we'll see you next time with hopefully talk about how the Rays have reclaimed the wildcard lead. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, here's hoping to that. <laughs> on the back of Brent Honeywell's uh, perfect game. Um, yes. So, I will, we will see you next time. For Brett, for Dustin in the booth, I've been Darby, and you've been listening to The Hit Show. The Hit Show is produced and engineered by Dustin Klingman. Make sure to check out all the newest and latest news about the Rays on RaysBay.com. Check us out at D-Rays Bay on Twitter and, of course, D-Rays Bay on Facebook.